to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 to 3 as we leap in this morning. Ephesians 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, I beg you, I implore you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I've been stuck in the book of Ephesians for, for months and and so I want to encourage us as a church to dive in. And over the next few months, we'll be weaving in and out of this incredible book. And so I want us to, want us to see again in these verses, and you've, you've heard parts of, of this message over the last few months. But here we have the, the Apostle Paul calling out to the Christians in the church in Ephesus that they would hear, know, understand and step into a calling that they have received, that there is a call from God that comes to them. And these words, they echo for us in the here and now today, that we are called by God. God has a unique and an individual call for every single one of us. And the Apostle Paul is begging that we would take a hold of it. I urge you, I, I beg you. And then straight away after verse 1, it rolls into verse 2 and we hit a relational frame, a relational context. And our call is woven into our relationships. And it's imperative that we understand and work in that space that, that you only in verse 2, as it, the encouragement comes to bear with one another in love, you only have to bear with someone in love if it's difficult there's no need to, to have to do that unless it's tricky. And, and here straight away after, I want you to live your call. You've got to do it with the people around you. They're going to drive you nuts, but you need them. And so we have to remember this and, and dive into this. And, and so there are two kind of strands that are coming out in this message today. One is a call for us to continue to dive into the Word of God. And I'd love for us to be living in the book of Ephesians. And if you've got some other reading plan going on, fantastic. But, but if you're able to dive into the book of Ephesians, that'll help you be in flow with what God is speaking to our church. And there is so much life for us here. And the other side of this message is gonna be talking about relationships. And we're gonna dive in there a little bit in a sec. But, but just to help us with the book of Ephesians, I thought it'd be, it'd be nice. And, and we're gonna flick to a video now of the Bible Project. And this may, may interest some, and maybe the first time some of you have seen this, but a, a great little animated video that, that gives us some insight into the book of Ephesians. So, yes. Beautiful. I just whipped that together one lunchtime uh, this week. So that's the Bible Project. If you enjoy that kind of thing, you've never seen that before, they've got loads of theology woven into uh, video form. And you can also discover things like that at C3 College. Uh, that's good. So 
dive into the book of Ephesians. I hope that just whets the appetite that there's so much more than maybe what you've even seen to this point. Even if you've been following Christ for decades, there's more. There's more in his word. And, and if you have the Version Bible app that millions do around the world, then uh, it's a free download and you can listen to the Bible there as well. So it'll take you 19 minutes to listen to the book of Ephesians. Cover the whole book. Maybe you haven't read a book of the Bible in a long time. 19 minutes, book of Ephesians. Or you could listen to it in the message version and that'll take you 20 minutes. You could do both, that'd be 39. You could do it at one and a half times speed and that would be whatever that less amount is. Beautiful. Here we go. Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 3 again. And remember, as we've just seen, so this is where Paul is wanting us activated. First three chapters create a framework. And now this is us stepping out, activating all that Christ has done. So as a prison for the Lord, then I, I urge you to live a life worthy of your call. Uh, let's, let's get moving. Let's Let's put legs on this life, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then it goes on in verse 4 to talk about this one body, etc. But there's far too much to cover in just one message. I want us just, let's pull up Ephesians 4 verse 2. And we're going to talk about this verse for a little bit. Today, Ephesians 4 verse 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. The Passion Translation says Ephesians 4 2 this way, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Don't look at them right now. The NLT says it this way. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Making allowance for your spouse's faults because of your love. Making allowance for your children's faults because of your love. Making allowance for your friends' faults because of your love. Making allowance for your pastor's faults because of your love. For your boss's faults because of your love. For that neighbor revs their car or throws their dog poo over the fence. I don't know what they do. Make allowance while you're throwing it back for their faults because of your love. Just throw it with love. It's, uh, it's all good. Verse 1, live your call. Verse 2, your call has a relational context. It's no accident that verse 2 comes after verse 1. We're called to be humble Humble is a realization that I too am broken. And sometimes it's easier to expect more from others than what we're actually delivering ourselves. And we can be blind to 
our lack of delivering what others may need or want or our overstepping the mark or our whatevers and overexpect from others. So we're called to be humble. I too am broken, called to be gentle, that we're here to mend, not to further agitate or make any more mess, but gently to, to mend where possible, to be patient. Change takes time. Be patient. And to bear with one another in love. Just say that out loud for me. Bear with one another in love. To put up with, to endure, to hold oneself upright despite. To write it out even when it's not perfect. Bear with one another in love. Now, can I be very clear with a little disclaimer here? Obviously, this context and my context today is not about living with or enduring abusive circumstances. That's not being covered here. And if there is a a relationship that's abusive, illegal, immoral, then there are a different set of biblical principles that apply. And get help and make a change. Don't stay in in that place. Bear with one another in Love. Here's three general thoughts for us about bearing with one another in love. Just smile for me right now. Just, yeah, yeah, I love this stuff. This is, uh, this is good. Just think of the most frustrating person in your world. And here we go. Bear with one another in love. One thought for us here. Often the complexities of someone else's personality are a gift for the development of yours. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Often the complexities of someone else's personality are a gift for the development of yours. Second thought, springboarding from that. And we often choose whether the frustrations we feel with whoever are going to be tools in the hand of God or termites that undermine. And we often make the choice can be a tool in the hand of God for our development or, or it could be a termite which could actually undermine. Now, I like to make furniture and, and there is a, a process when you get rough sawn timber that is rough to make it smooth. And it's a process that involves steps. And if you have used the thicknesser and planer and other tools and you get down to the sanding stage, then, then you start with a low grit sandpaper. So, so you may have a, a 60 grit sandpaper and, and the grit tells you how many sharp elements there are per square inch. So in, a, in 60 grit, then there's, there's 60 pieces of sharp stuff in a square inch. So if you're moving to 400 grit, then obviously there's a, a lot more sharp pieces in that area, so they have to be much smaller to fit in, and so therefore it's finer, so it's a finer sand. But if you're, you have to work your way through the grits, and so if you're, you're with 60 grit and you're, you're sanding this, this piece of timber, and then you could move to 120, and then 240, and then 400 grit, and, and the sanding process refines, makes smooth. And there are relationships in our world for a reason that sometimes we would want to move back from because they're a little like sandpaper. 
And if we think that the sanding process is bad, then we'll pull away from relationships that God is wanting us to lean into. Because maybe we need it more than we think. And this can be in a a corporate frame like this, or a family frame, or an individual friendship. And, And just because there's a little bit of grating, it doesn't mean to pull away. Maybe that's the sandpaper that God wants to bring into your world to smooth out some part of you. Number three, to live out, bear with one another in love, we have to make some choices in advance before we have to activate it. We've got to make some pre-choices before we're trying to make choices when we're feeling ridiculously ticked off. So we have to pre-make some choices. Some choices like, if it doesn't need to be said, I won't. If it doesn't need to be said, I won't. And sometimes that starts in our head. If it doesn't need to be said over and over and over and over and over and over and over in my head, then I'm not going to. And you know when you can ruminate and you can marinate on something that annoyed you. It could have been little, it could have been epic, but it it finds its way back into your head. You you can be laying down there at bed and just running it through and you're stewing on it. And it's alive in your head. Maybe it's something that took two seconds and we've kept it alive in our head for hours or days or weeks. And so it was designed to... Come and go, but no, it lives in our mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5 is a scripture I quoted as a young guy. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Take captive because, you know, there are things that live in our mind that shouldn't. And we've got a TV screen in here and it can occupy lots of different stuff. And so we have to make a choice to take some authority and shake some stuff off the TV screen. Shake it out of our head and go, I take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And you're thinking about that person that annoyed you. And as you're picturing their face, it gets uglier and uglier. Because <laughs> you've been pounding it with you. And we're it's living. We, we activate the word of God. We step into a place of it being real and we take authority over the side. Take captive every thought. Make it obedient to Christ. Choose what we meditate upon. And we need to, we need to stop. And actually, yesterday, I've been obviously preparing for this message. And yesterday, I found myself annoyed at two of my children. Because they were just, you know, when they, oh, you just have a moment. Things are beautiful, then it just turns. And and I found myself, I don't know where the love was. It was not here. And so I'm actually, I'm in the shower and I'm ticked off and it's running through my head. And so you know what I had to do? I actually quoted, I got to bear with one another in love. I got to bear with my family in love. I got to, God, can you help me bear? And, And so I just kept using the word to come in and dislodge because, you know, it settles in and becomes a feeling and you you feel this, eh. And we don't act the best version of ourselves when you're feeling, eh. So, So let the word of God come and dislodge that feeling, reshape those thoughts. And I came out of that shower clean here and everywhere else. And so it's good. A second thought is... uh, If it doesn't need to be said, 
I won't. If it doesn't need to be said, I won't. So that starts in our head. If it doesn't need to be replayed in our head, just stop thinking about it there. And it also is a decision in advance. I'm not going to say it behind their back either. If it doesn't need to be said, I won't. And I'm not going to say it behind their back. That's not who we are. That's not how we live. Just don't go there. Okay, we're going to keep moving. Here we go. Here's a, another thought for us to, uh, as we make these choices in advance, if we're going to live out this bear with one another in love, we make these choices in advance. We, we have to make a choice in advance that I will not hold on to offense. And coupled with that is I will always forgive. I will not hold on to offense and I will always forgive. Forgiveness is not easy but it's also not optional. This is not an option for us if we call ourselves followers of Christ. It's woven into our forgiveness from Him is a framework for our forgiveness of others. It's one in the same. It flows and it's designed to flow. If we just go a few verses further on in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.32 through to 5.1 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. To walk in the way of love is to walk in the way of forgiveness. There are no caveats here. There are no excuses. There are no exceptions. And whether we're talking about a moment that was small or a moment that was epic and horrendous, the call covers every circumstance, because what Christ did for us covered our every circumstance. And He calls us into that same frame. And so we make a decision in advance. I will not hold offence. I will always forgive because no bondage is going to hold me, because no blockage is going to contain me, because no one else's sin or mistake is going to limit my tomorrow or is going to undermine my call. And so I choose God to find the strength I need in you to be able to let go. We need to hear the call of the caller to let go and be free. Now, is this easy? Is this easy to bear with one another in love? No, that's why Ephesians is set up, first three chapters create this, this framework for us. And, and now it's like, okay, let's get busy living this thing and let's keep living this thing until the day we die. Let's keep figuring it out, knowing that you need each other to keep living on this path. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to finish quickly with Ephesians 3, 17 through to 19. And this is the second great prayer that we have in this book here. And, and I want us, to, want us to see this. You can see it up on the screens. So I pray that you, being grounded and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I pray that you being grounded and established in love. His love grounds and establishes us. 
His love is the foundation that we can do life from. His love secures us and then enables us to act with an other's focus. And what we have in chapter 3, really chapters 1 to 3, is the soil that chapters 4, 5, and 6 spring out of. In chapter 3 here, this love that is being talked about, this love of Christ that is for us. This is the context that our call springs out of and that our relationships spring out of. So the, the, this Ephesians 3.17 love is the soil in which our Ephesians 4.2 relationships grow out of. And is the soil in which our Ephesians 4.1, our call is released. So when we are grounded and established in his love, our relationships grow as he calls and our call grows through our relationships. When we are grounded and established in his love, our relationships grow as he calls and our call grows through our relationships. Our call is not singular. Our call is together. We are called together. And so it's imperative for us to continually see the bigger picture because it's easier to regress. It's easier to hold a grudge. It's easier to walk around a little ticked off. It's easier not to step into that place of love. But we need to hear his call again, the call of the caller that continually comes out to us saying, come on, my people, this is who I've called you to be. Hear my call and rise and be the people of love who know how to stand together, who know how to stand united, who know how to bear with one another in love, in your friendships, your families, your community broader. Because where there is unity, there is blessing. So the two, relationships and call, are inextricably linked, woven together in love. So let us be a people who hear this prayer. I pray that you being grounded and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. This love that reaches out, pulls us in, wants to hold us close, to give us the ability to not be stuck in our whatevers, but to stand with this security in who He is and His love for us and so therefore who we are and to be able to elevate others and bear with one another in love in a way that unites and amplifies and sees His light shine and our relationship strengthened and therefore our call awakened in power. This is who we are. And so can I encourage you as you dive into the book of Ephesians this week, let that be fueled afresh. Let it come alive for you. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. 
we encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.